Carter Report presents worship from the Community Adventist Fellowship in Glendale, California. A special welcome to all of our viewers in North America and our new friends and churches in Russia. Today, you'll enjoy outstanding music and the preaching of the everlasting gospel by pastor, teacher, and evangelist John Carter. Please get your Bible and study the Word of God with us today. Thank you for joining us for Worship and Praise. Yeah! 
the saints the angel I want to give today a very special welcome to our viewers on television. We're so glad that today that we can join you. And today I'm going to talk on the subject of protecting our families from the hyenas of Hollywood. I would like every person today to take his Bible and to turn with me please to the book of Isaiah chapter 54. And we're going to notice a very important verse there, which is a verse that gives tremendous hope if you're a parent. Isaiah chapter 54 and verses 11 down to 13. Dear hearts and gentle people, I want to give Danny and Linda Shelton today our love and a very special welcome as they join us on this telecast. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 11 is a great promise if you're having problems with your children. O oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest, and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. God here is talking to the inhabitants of the city of Jerusalem on this occasion, but of course it applies to us too. He says, I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. All your children shall be taught by the Lord. And great, what does it say? Great shall be the peace of your children. The Bible tells us that there is a close relationship between being taught by God and a Christian home and peace in the heart. And today we're going to tell you from God's Word about this tremendous assault upon our homes and the peace of our children. But the Bible gives us the assurance that when our children are taught by God, great will be the peace of our children. Would you please come over now, dear friends, to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 31, and verse 16 and 17, a text that I love, a text that has stood with me down through the years. Jeremiah, chapter 31, verse 16 and 17. Won't you please to turn to that, if you'd like to. Because if you read it, see it with your own eyes, it is going to bless you much more. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 16 and 17. God, thus saith the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. Now notice these words, and they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. I want to say to the per person here today, the mum or the dad who feels so discouraged, and you don't know what you're going to do with your home because everything is going wrong, I want you to know today that there's hope. And you and I should never despair because we are not alone. God wants our children saved more than we can possibly realize or understand because God gave Jesus to die for our children. And the Bible tells us that there's hope for the future for our children that they will not be lost. When I saw those little children come down the front today, I thought to myself, how wonderfully created, don't you think? How marvelously formed. Think of everything, all the, all the capacities for good, all those marvelous capacities that are tied up in those beautiful little children. I think today that the greatest earthly gift that God has given to us as human beings is the gift of being parents. I think the greatest gift that our Father in Heaven has given to us is the privilege of being fathers and mothers. 
and bringing into this world little children with so much potential, so many possibilities, little brains that can take so much in. But did you know this, my friend? Those little natures are so fragile and so impressionable. And what those little minds take in, what those little minds see, is indelibly imprinted down here in the nerves and the fibers of the brain. When God gave us children, He gave us the greatest privilege. But may I say this to you, my beloved friends, He also gave us the greatest responsibility. I am glad that I am a parent. I can remember when Beverly was having our firstborn, David. I can remember as young parents the excitement when she said to me, he's kicking. <laughs> you folks know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's another person here. We're dealing, we're dealing now with a person and he's kicking. He used to kick in religious meetings when I'd be preaching. What a privilege it is. I will never forget, and may I say this to you as parents, the miracle of birth. To see a little baby born and come into this world, that is a miracle. And to see the little baby open its eyes, and here is a, a new person, a new soul, made in the image of God. And so God has given us a tremendous joy when he gave us the privilege of being like him and giving us the capacity to actually bring into the world little children made in the image of God and made in our own image. Today, I have a strong word for you because I believe that when I talk on a subject like being a father or a mother, we're talking on a subject that every person can feel some emotional bonding, some, some strong emotion. Even if you've never had children, you were once a child. So every person here has had a, had a mother or a father, and most of us have had children. And let me say this to you today before I go any further. What has made America the greatest nation on the face of the earth? I will tell you what has made America the greatest nation. Her Christian heritage. America was not founded as an atheistic society. America was founded by the Puritans my brothers and my sisters, it was founded as a nation under God. It was founded by, by the Puritans who came from old England and they came to this country seeking God and seeking a sanctuary where they could worship God and they could bring up their boys and their girls to love and to know Jesus. Did you know this? Of the fi I think there were 55 people who signed the great document of independence. Now, I'm not an American, so you should know this better than I do, but I think there were 55 of those noble people who signed that declaration. Did you know this, that 53 of those people were believers in Jesus and considered that they were children of God? This nation was distinct from almost every other nation because this was a nation raised up to teach people that there is a God. And while I understand the First Amendment, and while I understand the sacred wall that should exist between church and state, something sinister has happened in this country where today we do not any longer have a sacred wall simply to separate church and state so that the state will not set up its own religion. We have today a society which is growing to, to the place where it is antagonistic to Jesus, antagonistic to the Bible, antagonistic to the Word of God, and antagonistic to the great 
Christian principles upon which this nation was built. And so today, if you want to know what I'm trying to say, it is this. It is time that we had a sunrise over America and we return to the great Christian foundational biblical teachings that made this the greatest nation on the face of the earth. I believe today, and this is not melodrama, what I'm going to tell you. And some of the stuff I'm going to read you today, I'm going to edit as I read it because I find it so personally obnoxious, so personally degrading and insulting. After Be Beverly bought me this book so I could preach this sermon, after she read portions of it, she said to me, I don't want to read much more. It makes me feel dirty. Because today the American family, your family and my family, the children of America are in the midst of a tremendous battle for their souls. This is not just a thing which is happening by happen chance. This is a carefully devised warfare against God against America and what she stands for. I'm telling you, this nation is under attack. And of course, this great nation, my friend, is no greater than the mums and the dads and the boys and the girls, the family. The man who has written this book, Michael Medford, is a Jewish gentleman. And a gentleman, I believe, in every sense of the word. A gentleman and a scholar. The book is entitled, Hollywood versus America. I knew that things were bad, and I have wondered, why is there such a tremendous increase in crime? Why are so many women, are, why are they so afraid to walk the streets? Why are there so many murders? Did you know it has been discovered that Hollywood, because it has become the enemy of the American family and the enemy of the American people, the enemy of the faith of our fathers, is directly responsible for 10,000 murders every year that would not exist and that the crime rates have doubled and the blame can be laid at the feet of the producers in Hollywood. This man is a Hollywood man. This man has been called a traitor to his profession. Uh, this man, you can see his television program on PBS once a week because he is a film critic. And this man, because he is a father and because he has two adorable little girls, has come out and he has said, enough is enough, enough is enough, and I don't care what the great Hollywood producers are going to say about me. I don't care what, what they're going to do to my job. I am more interested in standing up for my country. I am more interested in standing up for my little girls. I'm going to, because this man is a world authority on the subject, I'm going to read you some little statements out of his book, and I'm going to edit some of it as I read it through to you. I don't apologize that I'm taking this service. I do apologize. It is necessary that society has come to the place where a minister, if he is going to be faithful to his congregation, needs to let the congregation know what's going on. So, with your permission, I want to read you some statements out of his book. And I'm going to only read the ones that I think are the least abhorrent. I'm going to take the stuff which I think every person can relate to. Television broadcasts the same message with ever-increasing frequency and intensity, marking a radical departure uh, for an entertainment medium once known for its affectionate and 
idealized view of family life in these United States. In its infancy, television encouraged wary Americans to invite the amazing and frightening new machine into their living rooms by offering endless images of adoring and endearing couples who were blessed with squeaky clean kids. Those model families dominated network programming for more than two decades, from I Love Lucy to Dick Van Dyke, from Lassie to Make Room for Daddy, The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, Donna Reed, Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, The Real McCoys, and endless others. Now, this man says, what, what were the themes of those old programs? The themes are these, the family is great, and mum is great, and dad is great, and you can respect your parents, and the home is the greatest, the most positive institution that America's got to show to the world. The change is not subtle. The change marks a tremendous shift in the way people do business. I want to say to the parents who are sitting here today, you love your children. But if your children are watching the sitcoms today, they are drinking from the wells of poison. And the day is going to come when you will weep and you will wail for your children. And you will say, where did I go wrong? What did I do? God gave you these precious little children with these fragile little minds. I say to you, Protect them from this filth. Let me, let me read on to you. Innocence and decency are precisely those elements no, most notably absent from TV today as the networks offer a radically altered view of the American family. Married with children. The popular series whose very title proclaims uh, its intentions to survey the overall state of matrimony in this country, portrays the nuclear family as a comical, outmoded and beleaguered structure that creates endless difficulties for those enslaved to it. Other top-rated shows like The Simpsons, offer a view of marriage and parenting that is scarcely more uplifting. While many Americans object to the earthly imperfections of the Connor family in ABC's Roseanne, if you watch Roseanne Barr on television, you don't get a very good role model. On one of her latest shows, her 16-year-old daughter is having sex, sleeping around, and so her mother goes and buys her birth control pills. What sort of message are we telling our children? Now, I want to read you the chapters of this book which describe the Hollywood scene and most of the Hollywood producers and directors. Who are these Hollywood producers? What sort of people are they? While they are not typical Americans, the typical American person, in spite of all the problems in this country, believes in God. The typical American believes in the family. The typical American believes in, in marriage and believes in fidelity, faithfulness. The typical American believes that this is the greatest country because God made it so. But 98% of Hollywood directors and producers do not believe in God. And when this man went to them and said, you are out of touch, he said to them, uh, how many do you think of the people who watch your programs? How many of these people do you think go to church? Oh, they said, maybe 5%. Nobody today believes in God. Nobody goes to church. These men are desperately out of touch with the American dream. And their products are disloyal to God and disloyal to the nation. Let me read you the chapters. Chapter, now this is written by 
a Jewish gentleman who is a part of the Hollywood scene, but a man who has integrity and courage. God bless him. Part one, Hollywood he calls the poison factory. Sickness in the soul, a bias for the bizarre. Part two, the attack on religion. Once upon a time when a minister was seen in a television program, he was shown as a good person because he represented morals and he represented values and he represented God. But today when a man of the cloth is seen on television, he is usually a raving fanatic who is having an affair. And so what is this? We have today not only an attack upon the home, but we have an attack upon the church. Part number three, the assault on the family. Part number four, the glor glorification of ugliness, including cannibalism, incest, and every other dirty, stinking crime that is against God and against this nation. An inescapable influence below the bottom line Let me tell you something. I had a long day yesterday. I traveled for 12 and a half hours to get back for this church service. And as I flew in coming from Dallas, as I came towards Los Angeles, I knew I was coming home. You know how? I could tell. <laughs> I couldn't see anything on the ground. Because of the all persuasive smog. And when I got down, I said, thank God I'm home. And when I was in it, I couldn't see it. <laughs> That's like this filth. Think how God feels. Think how the angels feel when they see the adultery, the incest, the wickedness, couples having sex, ten-foot-high pictures who've only known each other for a few hours. What message are we telling? We are telling a message that there is no God, and if there is, God doesn't care for his children. Let me read you this. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to dilute this, folks, because when I got home last night and I was putting together my my sermon late last night, and forgive me if I'm a little weary. When I read this stuff, I thought, I'm going to ask God to bless these children, and they're going to be in the audience, and I've got the job of trying to communicate this to the parents. So, let me read you a little. The publicist promised me I would love the very special film uh, with the uh, odd and complicated title. We showed it to some critics in New York and they just went nuts over it. She crowed over the phone. I'm ready to make you a bet that this will make it to your best of the ten. Publicists are paid to be enthusiastic over their movies, but this was sort of praise that was beyond the call of duty. I felt intrigued enough by her description of the new release to ask whether I should consider bringing my wife Diane along with uh, me to the screening. This isn't a simple question since Diane is notoriously squeamish about movie violence. As a clinical psychologist, she happens to believe it's bad for anyone to watch graphic gore on the screen. More importantly, she feels an intensely personal revulsion whenever guts are splattered or limbs are severed. In vivid, vivid images, 10 feet high, backed up by tremendous sound. This allergy to brutality means that Diane seldom accompanies me to press screenings since nearly all the films I have to review contain elements that she would prefer to miss. Did you know today that only 2% of the programs that come out of Hollywood come out with a G label? About the rest of them are X-rated, all the rest of this stuff? This is not because the American people want it, but because these people have turned so far from God. 
I said last week that the bottom line in Hollywood was money. I have discovered I was wrong. I was wrong. The bottom line in Hollywood is not money because they will pour millions into movies that don't make a dime. I thought, how could they produce movies that bomb out so badly at the theaters and I discovered it is because of their convictions they are missionaries they are evangelists for the devil money is not the bottom line and so this man says to his wife I want you to come and see this movie because everybody says it is great with this assurance in mind I managed to persuade my skeptical spouse to come along to the screening of Peter Greenaway's much heralded epic the cook the thief his wife and her lover in the spring of 1990 almost immediately after the lights went down I knew we were in for trouble the opening scene takes place in the parking lot of an imposing restaurant lit by ghastly neon where a pack of stray dogs snarl over bloody hunks of rotten meat Two refrigerator trucks pull up, loaded with dead fish and hanging pig carcasses, respectively. Attention then focuses on a group of foppishly dressed thugs who tear the clothes off a struggling, terrified victim in order to smear his naked body with excrement. They force filth into his mouth and rub it into his eyes, then put him on the, green, on, on the ground where the leader of the band proceeds to over him. The fun proceeds in much the same spirit for all but two unbearable hours. We see sex in so-and-so, uh, then other stuff, uh, and tender embraces administered to a bloody and mutilated cadaver. A woman whose cheek is pierced with a fork, a shrieking and weeping nine-year-old boy whose navel is hideously carved from his body, a restaurant patron whose face is scalded by a terrine of vomit colored soup and an edifying vision of two naked middle-aged lovers in a maggot infested garbage heap the grand finale of the film shows the main character slicing off and swallowing a piece of carefully seasoned elegantly braised human corpse in the most graphic scene of cannibalism ever portrayed in motion pictures there is in short unrelieved ugliness horror and depravity at every time every turn naturally the critics loved it time magazine said wonderful marvelous expressive rich full of artistic value take your family and soak it up it's wonderful let me tell you hollywood's dreadful dirty lie you ready for it they say all of this stuff doesn't make any influence upon the people who watch it they say we have carried out our own surveys just like the smoking industry has found out that smoking doesn't hurt anybody and they carried out surveys and they come back to the mums and the pops and they say you can watch illicit sex you can watch homosexual sex you can watch people eating human bodies you can watch cannibalism you can watch violence you can watch blood and gore splattered all over the screen and when you walk out into the sunlight it's gone and you are unaffected so they say television does not make an impression upon the audience but if that is so why do they spend billions of dollars on 30-second television commercials? The whole of the Hollywood industry is based on the fact that television is the most formidable changer of human attitudes in the history of the human race. And that is why if you want to buy a 30-second commercial on The Simpsons here on primetime 30 seconds once, it'll cost you $35,000. And what do the people in Hollywood say to justify that? They say because that commercial in The Simpsons will make a profound change in the life of the viewer. A 30-second commercial 
What about the porno movies? What about the violence? You know this program that all the kids have been watching on the turtles? The teenage mutant ninja turtles? Glad I got that. Did you know that that thing is absolutely filled with violence? And did you know that psychiatrists have carried out a survey on the children who have watched that and they have discovered that many of them are displaying exactly the same behavior patterns? Listen to me, my beloved friends because I know this is strong, but I just love my church, and I love my children, and I love your children. Let me just read you this. I, I have incidentally left out all the sordid stuff. I've left out the stuff uh, of, the, of the musical stuff, you know, this iced tea stuff. Many of your parents may not know about this, but this encourages violent is there any other, but violent, violent rape of women so that they are mutilated for life. Did you know that? Did you know that when you're, you may not even realize it, but in places you're driving along in the car and maybe your kids are listening to stuff and you've never heard the words and the words are calling, every woman is called a bitch. And she is a thing to be violated in any depraved way. And here are these little gifts that God has given to us. You saw them there today. The little girl who gave me the juicy kiss with a delicate nature. And everything she sees goes in through the eye gate and the ear gate. And nothing is ever lost. Nothing is forgotten. And it is making her what she's going to be. And if Ed and Leah, which they will do by the grace of God, teach her the love of Jesus, she's going to grow up to want to be like Jesus. But if she listens to iced tea and these rappers and these people who are putting out the greatest filth in the history of the human race, you'll grow up to be depraved. Makes you scared. In a comprehensive 1982 report published along with five thick columns of social science surveys, the Surgeon General of the United States concludes that there is a clear consensus among most researchers that television violence leads to aggressive behavior. And this man makes the astonishing claim. It's just amazing. He makes the astonishing claim that there are 10,000 people in this country who are murdered every year who would not be murdered except for these people in Hollywood who have no care for America or for what she stands for, or more importantly, or for Jesus and what he stands for. So, what am I saying? Let me tell you this. Please bear with me, please, because this is hot on my heart. I don't find it easy to talk about this stuff. I don't want to talk about this stuff. I don't want to watch this stuff. If you said to me, come and look at this stuff, I'd say, no, I am struggling enough to be like Jesus. I don't want to be pulled down. I don't want to be pulled down. If you said to me, come to, your, come to my home and we'll watch a, a great movie. Come and see this one about the cook and the lover and, and we'll have fun. I don't think that is fun. I think that is soul destroying. When I was in Africa some years ago, we had a great campaign in the city of Harare, Zimbabwe, Salisbury, Rhodesia, as it used to be called. And after the campaign where 2,000 people gave their lives to Christ, we went out into a great game park. It was called Wanky. Uh, 12,000 square kilometers with more than 12,000 elephants and hundreds of lions and leopards 
and rhinos and hippos and I've been as close to them as I am almost to you now. I've stood there as a great uh, rhino came out and stood in front of me and wiggled his ears. But there is one creature that I detest with all my heart and that is a hyena. He has that awful laugh. Have you heard him laughing? If you watch PBS or some of those stations, you'll see wonderful nature programs and you'll hear the hyena laughing. He laughs almost like a madman. And the hyena does not prey upon, usually doesn't prey upon living creatures. He preys upon the dead. Or else if he cannot get a stinking dead carcass to eat, he will prey upon a little animal, a little deer. He will never attack a lion or an elephant because he is in the business of preying on the dead or preying on the weak. And we despise him. And in the same way the God of heaven despises the hyenas who are preying on our nation and on our children and on our families and on our husbands and on our wives and on the church. And Hollywood, this man declares, and I believe it is true, Hollywood against America versus America. Hollywood has declared war upon this great nation, one nation under God. Hollywood has declared war against your little children here today. He's declared war against your church. And so I ask the question, uh, parents and mums and dads whom I love, what are we going to do? What in God's name are we going to do? I want to say this, number one, fight back. Didn't you hear that? I want you to fight back and defend your home. Defend your home. Say, I am in a war. As the Bible says, we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let us recognize we are in the midst of a battle for the home and for our nation and for our children and for our God, and let us fight back. When I was in Australia last year, went home to the Queensland camp meeting. Every day I go for a run, I go jogging, or else I use the Nordic track machine for exercise. Did it when I got out of bed this morning so I could preach to you today so the blood would be going. And as I was going for a jog in Australia under the eucalyptus trees, and I love a sunburnt country, a land of sweeping plains. And as I was going for a run, all of a sudden I had a cap on, and the cap was knocked off my head. And uh, I knew what was happening immediately. It was a magpie. I don't know if there are any magpies in this part of the world, but Australia is full of magpies. That was not a male magpie, it was a female magpie. It was a female magpie defending her nest because nearby she had a nest and a couple of little baby magpies and she was saying to me, don't come on my turf, stay out. And when she came back and attacked me several times and I, I had to water off, I said to her, bless you, good for you, defend your nest. I want to say to the parents, defend your nest. Defend your children. Say, by the grace of God, we are not going to patronize the filthiest industry since the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. So we're not going to patronize it. We're not going to let it come into our home. We're not going to buy those movies. We're not going to watch those movies. We're going to defend our nest. We're going to fight it. Hear what I'm saying? Because our kids are more important. I want to tell the parents something else. Defend your nest. 
and take time with the little birds. When I look back over the time I have been a father and the day when my first son was born and I stood in the delivery room and thought there has to be a better way because of all the pain. I thought to myself, you know, it would be better perhaps if we just like amoebas, we broke in two. But as I came to see the beauty of birth, and when I look back over that time, time has gone so very, very quickly. Your children, those little children, Ed, and the rest of you, parents, those little children who are knee-high to a grasshopper today, soon will be this high. Take time with them. And teach them to love the Bible. Teach them to love Jesus. Bring them to Sabbath school. Don't send them to church. Bring them to church. As this mother has brought her children. Bring your children to church. Let them know that there's a holy God who loves them. And teach them the old song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Put a wall around them. Love them. Have family worship. Pray with them. This is the greatest gift that you're ever going to have. Defend your family. And if you and I will do this, I can tell you God will do his part. And more than his part, God will come to the aid of every praying mom and dad and he will put a wall around our children and he will save them from Hollywood's hyenas. Now I'll tell you what we're going to do. And uh, I feel that I should do this today. When I was up in Hope in British Columbia... I had an altar call, not for boys and girls, but an altar call for mums and dads who had lost boys and girls. We read a text today, and the text says, Cease your weeping. They're going to come again from the land of the enemy. I want to say today, if there are mums and dads here today, and you are concerned for your boys and your girls. And you say today, I want to come and represent a lost boy. I want to come and represent a lost girl. I want to represent a lost son or a lost daughter. I want to represent my little child who doesn't understand all of these things. But today, I want to say to a parent here today, as we did in British Columbia. If you would like to come today and represent your boy and your girl and say, Pastor Carter, by the grace of God, I'm going to be like a magpie and I'm going to defend my nest with God's help. I'm going to ask you now, and Paul, you can play anything you wish, something about the home. I'm going to ask you to come down the front and I'm going to ask you to, to kneel with me and we're going to say a prayer for boys and girls. I'm going to ask you to come now. Then after this, Pastor Bolt is going to talk to you so we don't want anybody to go. But this is a prayer for boys and girls and you're coming to represent your boys and girls today. And as you come, you can kneel in prayer. We're not asking the boys and girls so much to come, but we're asking mums and dads to come to pray for boys and girls and to say, oh God, give me grace to be like a little magpie bird and defend my nest and defend my children and to put a wall around them. And we're going to pray that the spirit of the living God is going to visit lost boys and girls and bring them back from the land of the enemy. And God can. Going to pray today 
pray that we put them under the blood of Jesus and pray that the Spirit of God will come in mighty power. And if you can't come, just kneel where you're at. Just kneel where you're at. And this is a prayer for mums and dads. You can just kneel where you're at. It's okay, you don't have to come if you can't get down. But you can pray with me now. Oh, my Father, my Father God, our Father, we pray earnestly today for the boys and the girls that are represented by these mums and dads. You know, God, the battle that is going on for the hearts and the souls of men and women. And we know that there is a warfare that is directed against these fragile little minds. And oh God, we claim our children today for Jesus' sake. We claim today that you'll put them under the blood of Jesus and that you'll send your Holy Spirit now and that you'll bring them back from the land of the enemy. We pray that you'll send workmen into their lives and help them to know there's a way that seems right to a man, but the ends are of the ways of death. We think of every lost son, every lost daughter. We think of little boys and girls who haven't come yet to the age of, of understanding everything, but who can still believe in Jesus. And we claim them today for Christ. We pray that you'll bless the parents here today, Lord. Help us to be like that little magpie bird and to defend our nest and to say, you can't come on my turf. I claim this child for Christ. And today, Lord, we do it in Jesus' name. We claim them for Christ. Bless this family here today. And God bless the American nation a great nation raised up by God whose great principles of truth and honesty and decency are under the most formidable attack by these hyenas. Oh, our Father, roll back this mighty bondage of sin. Confound those men and raise up righteous witnesses for Christ and the truth and restore this nation to what it was for the glory of God. Bless these people. We thank you today that you've heard us. We bless you. We praise you. We worship you. And we thank you for our children and their salvation. In the name of Jesus, for his sake, for his glory, amen.